0: A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's Lima dot Life, L Y M A dot Life. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news?
2: 30 to 40% of all self-made millionaires in the U.S. were type B. Damn. Whoa.
0: Susie, I hope you're type B now. Okay. <laughs>
2: maybe maybe I change my prediction.
0: Let's make this <laughs> podcast a millionaire podcast.
2: Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Allison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In real cases, women have experienced a strong desire to stop asking their boyfriends if they look fat in this dress. If you experience any of these symptoms, post a selfie to Instagram immediately.
0: Welcome to the
1: Food Heals Podcast. I'm Allison Melody. I'm Susie Hardy. Today's guest is Shelby Webb, a certified holistic nutrition consultant who lost 30 pounds by following the blood type diet, and now she helps others to do the same.
0: Yeah, what a great interview. I mean, she was so much fun. I loved learning about like how your blood type affects your personality, just like
1: your horoscope. I know. That kind of blew my mind. I I know. That made sense, though. I was like, oh, that's really cool. I loved it. But first, we have to tell you about our sponsor. Today's show is sponsored by Whitney Lauritsen, the eco-vegan gal, and her amazing book, Healthy Organic Vegan on a Budget, which will teach you the skills to meal plan effectively, shop like an expert, find discounts on organic food, and so much more. Yeah, you know Whitney
0: from episodes 5, 11, and 18. She's a frequent guest on our show, and she brings so much information to the table. Well, the the physical podcast table. (laughs) (laughs) And she talks about the vegan lifestyle and how to be healthy on a budget, how to shop at Whole Foods and not (laughs) blow your bank account, and how to live your passion, and, you know, so much more. We'll let you know how to get her book free later in the show. Next up, our interview with Shelby Webb.
1: The Food Heals Podcast starts now.
0: Welcome to the Food Heals Podcast. I'm Allison Melanie. I'm Susie Hardy. Today, our guest is Shelby Webb. Shelby is a certified holistic nutrition consultant who became passionate about the healing power of food after seeing its benefits in mitigating the symptoms of her polycystic ovarian symptom, PCOS for short, a very common
1: hormone disorder. Shelby lost 30 pounds and nearly one-fifth of her body weight by incorporating the principles of the blood-type diet, and now helps others do the same. She encourages her clients to eat whole foods and to make sustainable lifestyle changes for long-lasting results. Welcome, Shelby. Welcome, Shelby. Hey, thank you guys
0: so much for having me. Yeah. Thanks for being here. We're really excited to hear your story. This is definitely a topic we haven't covered yet, especially the blood type diet. We haven't covered a lot about
2: hormones. So we're really excited to have you on and learn all about what you're doing. Absolutely. Thank you. Your podcast is so encouraging and uplifting. I laughed out loud at the side effects disclaimer at the beginning of your episodes. (laughs) That's hilarious. And as a nutrition nerd, you guys make being nutrition nerds look fun and sexy, and you're good for our collective credibility. So I appreciate (laughs) it.
0: Oh, we appreciate that so much. That's, you know, the point of this is we want to make this not so serious and make it fun because we don't take ourselves too seriously. No, no, no. All right. Well, let's start at the beginning. What was your diet and your lifestyle like before you discovered the blood type diet and started to make
2: these changes? Sure. Well, my health journey started um, around 2010. I was a senior in college. Um, I'd already been diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome, um, but my doctor gave me essentially one treatment option, which was taking birth control indefinitely. And so I rejected that as a treatment option. I I was overweight at the time and I tried to remedy that by running. Um, I decided I didn't like running, um, but I hadn't made the food connection yet, right? Mm So I'm pretty sure at the time my diet consisted of like frozen chicken and um, canned vegetables every day (laughs) and about one bazillion environmental toxins on a daily basis. Um, I I just wasn't eating anything fresh, you know, nothing whole, nothing fresh. Um, I was told I was pre-diabetic and of course I was seriously unhappy with my situation. So I watched um, Forks Over Knives, the documentary, um, and then read Skinny Bitch, then Mm -hmm. read... Eat right for your type, then Kimberly Snyder's books. Do you guys love her? Yes, I love Kimberly
0: Snyder and Skinny Bitch is one of the books that put me over the edge where at that point when I read that book I had stopped I hadn't eaten cow's meat since I was a child. I just didn't but that's the book that made me stop eating chicken and you know, I, I feel like I went on a similar path as you in terms of like changing through with all those resources, which are great.
2: Right, right. I I um that was a book that helped change my mind for sure. And so after I made the connection between my weight gain and the food I was eating, I lost about twenty pounds. And then um a couple years later I lost 10 more pounds by detoxing with the help of a naturopath. So that's awesome. Um, right. And so at at that point, studying nutrition had become my hobby and I thought you know, why don't I start a career out of this instead of giving all this unsolicited advice to my friends and family um, and give it to people who actually want to hear about it. So um, I went back to school to study holistic nutrition. Mm -hmm. I quit my job and and I started my own business as a certified holistic nutrition consultant. So that's awesome.
0: uh, Good for you. Thank you. So tell us about the blood type diet. And I know the book is called Eat Right for Your Blood Type, correct?
2: It's eat right, eat right for your type is okay. the
0: title. Yes, mm-hmm. and that book was um, one of my early discoveries as well. And it basically told me for my blood type that I wasn't supposed to eat meat, and I was supposed to drink a lot of interesting teas and things. And I read it a long time ago, and then I had another friend read it, and she was type O, and they said, and it said, you know, that's like the meat eaters um, blood type. So I thought that was really interesting.
2: Yes. So, what is your blood type? A. You're A. Okay, so am I. Okay. Well, um, I- I'll talk about just the science for just a second, and then we'll talk about each of the blood types, and we'll definitely talk about A because that um, it's one of the most common ones. Susie, what are you?
1: I am ashamed to say I don't know, and I had a physical over the summer, and that was one of the things. I'm like, I need to find out my blood type. Yeah. I don't know how I don't know it, but I don't I don't know it. I have a feeling. It is not what you are, Allison. I have a feeling it is the one. It's either O or I don't know if there's only one that does well or better on meat. Yeah, Jill I, is O, Jill Tomback. Yeah, in. I have yeah. a feeling that I'm either O or not the one that you are because when I have in the periods of my life gone without meat completely and then I have it, I I feel a little, you know, I feel better. Uh-huh. But um, but I need to find out. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll go on, Shelby. Tell us all about it. Sure. Um, and. If
2: you don't know what your blood type is, there are at-home testing kits that are pretty handy that are about $10. Um, I can send you guys the link to that, and you can test it at your house, and it tells you immediately
1: what your type is, so you can go on and uh, read the book if anyone's interested in doing that. Uh, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Shelby, where do you get those tests? Are they online? Are they in drugstores? It's on the website of um, the author of this book, which
2: is Peter J. Dadimo. That's D apostrophe A-D-A-M-O. And I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that correctly, but he has the test kits on that website. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So the book, E-Write for Your Type, came out in 1996, so almost 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but even when the book was published, it was de- it was based on decades of research. Um, He is a naturopathic doctor, actually. His father was also a naturopathic doctor um, who extensively researched blood types. Um, What's interesting, I've learned over the years um, from being interested in blood types is that in Japan, it's common to be asked your blood type during a job interview. Really? Yes, or out on a date because they believe it defines your temperament or personality.
0: Oh, wow. That's so interesting. That's very interesting. <laughs> now I want to know everything about I know, everyone so I know. What type are you?
2: <laughs> I ask people <laughs> like, all hey, the baby. time. It's like, I hey, baby, what's your sign? <laughs> exactly. So it might be like information you would include on your Tinder profile. I'm typing. Have- um, so you might take that with a grain of salt, the personality, uh, blood type connection, like an astrological sign. But it's still fun to learn about. And we'll get more into that later. Um, the premise, though, for the book is that your blood type determines what diseases you might be susceptible to, what foods you should eat, obviously, mm-hmm. and also how you should exercise. So the term one man's food is another man's poison comes to mind because the idea is that our bodies are unique. And mm-hmm. so identifying the foods that our bodies uh, do well with can help prevent inflammation, which is key. Yeah. yeah. So what happens essentially there's a chemical reaction between your blood and the foods that you eat. So lectins are proteins that are found in foods like legumes and grains and vegetables. And in an example of one is gluten, which we are probably all familiar with. So if you eat a food with lectins that are incompatible with your blood type antigen, um, the lectins target an organ or a bodily system and they, begin to agglutinate, which literally means to stick or glue to um, the blood cells in that area. So the cells clump together and the body treats them like a foreign invader Mm. and your body is rejecting the lectin in that food. Um, So using gluten as an example, the gluten binds to the lining of your small intestine and causes all this inflammation and irritation, especially for type O's. So that's why type O's should avoid gluten. Interesting. Yeah. And so lectins in certain foods can also slow down the rate of your food metabolism, interfere with digestion, cause bloating, um, and other things. So In the book, they have organized it um, really well, although it's a lot of information. And each blood type is given list for 16 food groups like vegetables and fruits. And then each food group is divided into three categories. So you'll have four fruits, highly beneficial fruits, neutral fruits, and then avoid fruits. So anything on your highly beneficial list is a food that acts like a medicine. Mm -hmm. Neutral foods are just act like foods. And then the avoid list acts like a poison in your body. And so the best policy is to take those lists and eliminate the foods that are on your avoid list um, and focus on eating highly beneficial and neutral foods. Um, So let's talk about Allison's blood type first and mine's because this is type A. Um, We flourish on a vegetarian diet because we have low amounts of hydrochloric acid um, and I actually had that confirmed by a naturopathic doctor who did um, biofeedback on me. Have you ever had that done, Allison? No, but I'm fascinated. Tell me everything. <laughs> yes. Biofeedback, uh, will pick that up. Um, and that's something my naturopathic doctor told me. And I, I said, well, I already know that because I know about the blood type diets. But... Um, Basically, type A blood, folks are supposed to eliminate overly processed and refined foods. And um, the key is just to eat foods in as natural a state as possible, Um, you know, fresh, pure and organic foods. So um, the foods that encourage weight gain for us are meat, dairy, kidney beans, lima beans and wheat in abundance. Um, And then foods that encourage weight loss are vegetable oils, soy foods vegetables pineapple Um, and then another thing that's interesting is that red wine is highly beneficial for type a so just to make sure everyone heard that a doctor is giving you the green light to drink red wine Susie and i just high five for everyone who's not (laughs) with us in the studio
1: we silently high fived because we're drinking red wine right now (laughs) and allison loves her wine and I'm um, not giving up. And it's good for. Her. Clearly. Shelby just said it. Susie's like, Can I change my blood type? Um yeah, can I? Wait, wait. Is Are that the possible? other oh, well, blood transfusion? <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta be. I love my red wine. Yeah. So, um, so the
2: book like I said, also goes into diseases that you might be susceptible to mm. and for Type A, they're pretty serious, heart disease, cancer, diabetes, and so you, you also have recommendations for exercise. So for type A's, we um, need to focus on exercises that reduce stress in our lives because we nat- – <laughs> isn't this funny? We have um, naturally high levels of cortisol, which is our stress hormone hormone. Um, And that ties into the personality connection for type A's. Um, Have have you guys ever heard like someone say, that guy is real type A as in he's a high stress individual? Mm -hmm. Yes. So it turns out there's something to that because type A's have this um, naturally high level of the stress hormone. Um, And so if we don't deal with stress, we explode so some examples of famous uh type a blood people are are you guys ready yeah adolf hitler Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> is that supposed to make me feel better or worse <laughs> exactly the uh, second was richard nixon he had type a blood all right um third britney spears oh she has my birthday too so me and
0: britney are like BFF, snap
2: basically all, all connected i mean i I think we can all remember their respective meltdowns, you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is true. Very good point, Shelby. Very good point.
2: <laughs> the shaved head with the umbrella, that was totally because she was a type A. That's what she should have told the judge.
1: Oh, my God. She should have.
2: <laughs> um, yeah. So so that's it for type A. Um, when did you learn about the blood type diet, Allison? Um, Shelby, I learned about
0: it back in um, like night – oh, God like 2002 or three or something. And I was not in this holistic, healthy world at all. And it was at the same, my same doctor who was a chiropractor who recommended I read this book was the one that told me, Stop drinking milk. It's not good for you. And I said, doctor, dairy does your body good. Milk mustache, please. Come on. You know, I was completely brainwashed by the industry and like growing up thinking all these things were healthy that weren't necessarily healthy. And that's the first time I read about it. And back then I. Didn't really pay a lot of attention to it. It wasn't until years later that I started to give it a little more credence in my life. But I'm definitely not as educated uh, on it as you are. So this is totally fascinating to me, especially the personality types. I don't remember that. So that's really exciting.
2: Yeah. And and so I'll just go quickly through the other um, types for listeners in case anyone else knows what their blood type is. Um, first, type O, which is the most common blood type. It's also the oldest. It's a universal donor. Um, Typos are supposed to be gluten and dairy-free. They thrive on a high-protein diet. So um, foods that encourage weight gain for typos are corn, kidney beans, navy beans, lentils, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, mustard, greens. And then foods that encourage uh, weight loss are kelp, seafood, iodized salt, liver, red meat, kale, spinach, and broccoli. Um, The diseases that typos are more susceptible to are hypothyroidism, um, which is a low level of thyroid hormone due to insufficient levels of iodine. So that's why kelp is good for typos. Um, And then also ulcers, because typos naturally have um, more stomach acid than type A's. So that's just something to note. Um, typos do really well with um, high-intensity aerobic exercise, so cardio. And then uh, famous O blood types that you guys will know are Ronald Reagan, our former president, Queen Elizabeth II, uh, John Lennon, and Elvis. I like the O's way better than the A's.
1: <laughs> I'm sure there's Plenty of A's that are nice.
2: Yeah, Shelby, give us
0: some nice A's, will ya? <laughs> what about us? We're nice.
1: I agree. I I'm going to call Allison, Allison Adolph right now. <laughs> <laughs> type A, Allison Adolph. Thanks for no. the new nickname, guys. <laughs> you know, guys, I have to say, I, I will bet, I'm going to make a prediction right now, and I don't even know about the other two blood types, but from what Shelby just said, I bet that I'm type O. Okay. From what you just said about what what they do better on with the kelp and the salt, yes, and, <laughs> and and a little bit of meat. I don't know about the dairy, but yeah, but I bet I bet I'm typo. All right, I'm gonna let's make a prediction. You, let's get you tested, and we then should we'll take tell bets you- online and on our website. Yeah. What is Susie's blood type? <laughs> <laughs> I guess we have to wait and see. What are the other two? You should make a quiz so
2: everyone can guess. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But it's so interesting because it's like one of the foods you said um that could cause a type O to gain weight is like cauliflower. And usually when you're eating a vegetable, you're thinking, no matter what, this is good for me and I'm proud of myself for eating it. And you may not know that just for you, it's having this detrimental effect. So the whole point of this podcast and everything we're doing isn't to confuse people. It's just to say, find out what works for your body. What works for your neighbors, what works for your husbands, what works for your girlfriends, what works for your sister is not the same as what works for you.
2: Exactly. And and so it can only help to learn yeah. this information. Um, so I, I think it's so important.
1: Yeah, this book, I remember hearing about this book a long time ago, um, back when I was in massage school and knew I was like, I got to find it. I can't read the book until I find out my blood type. and.
0: Yeah. Here well, we are. All right. We have to get her the book and get her the test and then the we'll test. find out everything. And I'm gonna yep. reread it too, because it's been years. But um okay, what are some of the other types?
2: Yeah, so the last two are um Type B, which their diet is really a mix of the type A and type O diets. Foods that encourage weight gain for type Bs are wheat, corn, lentils, peanuts, sesame seeds, and buckwheat. And then foods that encourage weight loss are green vegetables, meat, liver, eggs, low-fat dairy products. Um, so diseases that type Bs are susceptible to are immune system disorders like MS, mm-hmm. lupus, chronic fatigue syndrome, Um, And their exercise should be um, activities that involve other people. So like hiking, biking, tennis, aerobics. Um, So it's exercises that engage your um, mind as well as your body. Um, An interesting factoid on the personality connection for type Bs is that as of the date of this, that this book was published in 1996, 30 to 40% of all self-made millionaires in the U.S. were type B. Damn.
0: Whoa. Susie, I hope you're type B now.
1: Okay. <laughs> maybe maybe I change my prediction. Let's make this
0: podcast <laughs> a millionaire podcast.
2: All right. Can you make us millions? All right. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right. Go online and vote is she B
2: or O? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So famous uh type B um people are Paul McCartney and Leonardo DiCaprio, right? Two absolute bosses. Okay, now B's the best. Yeah, <laughs>
1: for sure. For sure. Agreed. <laughs>
2: Um, The last one is type AB. It's the um, um, most young of all the blood types. It's the rarest. Um, They're a universal receiver. Um, Type Bs have low stomach acid like type As, and so they're to restrict meat consumption for weight loss also. Um, Foods that encourage weight gain for type AB folks are red meat, kidney beans, lima beans, seeds, corn, buckwheat, and wheat, and then foods that encourage weight loss uh, for AB type is tofu, seafood, dairy, green vegetables, kelp, and pineapple, and the disease that they are most susceptible to is stomach cancer, Um, and then their exercise um, that's recommended is yoga, hiking, and swimming. Um, Famous AB blood types are some pretty cool people. Marilyn Monroe, JFK, Mick Jagger. Um, So we might hypothesize that ABs have a stronger sex drive than other blood types. What do we think?
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with you. I'm (laughs) going to say yeah, (laughs) based on the celebrities you just named.
2: Yeah. Um, And so this book is so inexpensive on Amazon. But if you don't want to read the book, I, I get it. There is a an app in the iTunes store that you can, or excuse me, on the app store mm-hmm. that you can download and then you can make grocery shopping lists for your type specifically. And then you go over to your shopping list and see what percentage of what you're buying today is on your highly beneficial list and what's on your neutral list. And so it's a really easy way to do that. That's awesome. Yeah. So tell us about your journey and how the blood type diet really helped you. Yes. Um, So I was pescatarian for a little over two years and that's still the bulk of my diet because um, I'm just a believer. I do eat some um, meat now, but I was not ever really a meat lover. I never really was one of those people who just craved like a steak or a hamburger, right? right. Um, and I, I guess that's just, that was my body saying, that's not what you really want or need. Um, and so that was really the key to my weight loss is restricting um, well, eliminating meat. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I lost all this weight and had this incredible amount of energy because when when you give your body the foods that it wants and needs, it doesn't Require all the extra energy to deal with that food. Mm-hmm. So, my diet now is plant based, um, whole foods based, with a ton of fiber and water and vitamins and enzymes, which is, are all easy to obtain from plant foods. And so, th- that's why I became a health coach because I just believe that food healed me. Yeah. Um, and I want
1: to help other people do the same thing. I have a question, Shelby. How you're in Tennessee, correct? Correct. How has your work as being a holistic nutritional consultant been received in your environment? Because you are in a, the South. Allison's from the South. We've talked about Southern food. It's <laughs> delicious. It's deep fried. It's got a lot of fat. It's got a lot of meat, not a lot of fresh stuff. How has your work been received there? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And I, you're right.
2: And Tennessee is, um, has one of the highest rates of obesity every single year. And so we definitely have a ton of work to do. Um, I am finding that I am having to explain what holistic nutrition consultant means, but, but that is also an opportunity, you know, for me to explain why people, um, need my help, um, and what I can really do for them. But Tennesseans, I I think, um, definitely do like their southern fried food. Um, and so I just encourage people to really look at the big picture. I'm not saying you can never eat another fried food um, for the rest of your life, but your the bulk of your diet should be plant-based. Um, and, and I think that, I, I you know, we're really seeing um, a change in people's mentality. I think it may be a little slower change in Tennessee than in other parts of the country. But I'm definitely seeing, you know, more organic food and more um, grocery stores and things like that in our area. That's awesome. I
0: love what you're doing and I love what you're preaching. I think it's so important and I'm so glad that, you know, you're there spreading awareness and, you know, a friend from home said this to me maybe two years ago and it's always stuck with me. She said, why are you spreading awareness of this vision in California when we need it back in North Carolina. It was basically her way of saying, like, come home and, and be my friend and, and see. And, so you she know. just wanted you to move she, home. She wants me to move home. Okay. But it's always stuck with me because it's true. It's like, there are communities that are very into this and moving at a faster pace. And there are so many communities that are plagued with obesity and all kinds of chronic degenerative disease that don't have as much access to this information to the stores that carry the right foods, to the farmers markets, etc. So I'm so glad you're doing it in a place that really needs it. I'm really happy to hear that. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, thank you. And and that has been one of the the issues. What you, you just said is like, I will make a plan for one of my clients and then um, realize that they don't have access to an organic food market. Right. And it's so frustrating. Um, but but in my hometown, I'm from a town um, of about 7,000 people, a mile in Tennessee, they actually started um, a farmer's market. And so people who would have had to drive, um, you know, 30 minutes to go get organic food are now able to just walk, walk down the street or drive down the street and have access to whole fresh food. And that
1: is just um, so encouraging to see that. And for me, it's so fun to talk to the people that have grown your food. I mean, I can't – and we live in – we have multiple farmer's markets every day of the week in any direction. We're so blessed in Southern California. However, it doesn't change the fact that it is so great to talk to the people that know about what you're eating, grew it, and have so much information. You know, I, I every time I buy something at a farmer's market, I ask them questions. I talk to them. I see things I've never seen before. And I always ask them, well, hey, what is that? What is that used for? How can I cook that? What's the benefit of that?
0: Yeah. It's fun. And eating seasonally, like the grocery stores now will have everything because they ship it in from all corners of the globe. But when you go to the farmer's market... It's what has been grown locally and seasonally. So you're going to get, you know, we all see the pumpkins in fall. But there's so many more seasonal fruits and vegetables that we're not even aware of. If you're getting strawberries in the middle of winter in your area, guess what? That's not local or seasonal. And we're meant to eat seasonally. So going to the farmer's market is another great way to heal your body. Eat with the seasons. And what's growing at that time is what your body wants and it cravings and craves.
2: Exactly. And eating local that way is the best um- option for the environment exactly what you said if you know if you're getting um oranges from (laughs) europe in the dead of winter maybe that is not uh the best option it's not a holistic option
0: Yeah, and it also supports the local economy. So you're supporting the small businesses, the small farmers near you. And I think it's great progress that there are places like Walmart now carrying organic vegetables. I think that's amazing. Don't get me wrong. But if you have the option to choose Walmart or the farmer's market, support your farmer's market. It's better for the environment. It's better for the economy. Better for your body. Win-win. Yes. But if you can't go to Walmart and get the organic, great. Absolutely. You know? Right. Right. (laughs) Right. So tell us about, I know that you have an opinion on this. I want to ask you about the acid and alkaline balance in our bodies.
2: Yes. um, This is one, I think one of the most important concepts um, that I talk about with um, my clients because um, most of the people that I meet with are really concerned about getting the right amount of protein and most americans eat almost twice the recommended daily amount of protein we're really worried about that but we also need to be worried about the other macronutrients um especially alkalizing fruits and vegetables um and so i i I think that learning about acid alkaline balance is so important and i you know I'll, I'll say this: cancer thrives in an acidic environment. Yes, and so uh, having your body in a state of alkalinity is the best preventative thing that you can do for yourself. And the way that you do that is by eating uh, green vegetables.
1: I want to add to that. I want to. Um, I've read that cancer can only grow in an acidic environment. That if you are alkaline or slightly alkaline, our kidneys always balance us out. Is that right, Shelby? Like you can't be. If you were ever too acidic or too alkaline, you're going to get really sick.
0: Yeah, you can't stay on either side of the extreme. You want to be more alkaline than acidic. However, in the morning when we wake up, we're actually usually acidic and that's natural and that's okay. But you want to stay more alkaline during the day and incorporate more alkalizing foods into your diet,
1: like 80 20 rule, just like life. Right. So, but if, but if you are on that slightly alkaline bend, cancer can't grow. Just it can't like bacteria, survive. Just, just like, um, Bacteria, viruses, fungus, parasite, they do not, they cannot live in that environment. Yes. Right, right, exactly. And so I, I, I think
2: this is... One of the most important concepts because it all because of how it also ties in with osteoporosis. Um, Because when your diet's too acidic, um, your body has to release the alkaline minerals that it has stored to neutralize those excess acids. So your body is just an amazing machine, um, but that leads to that demineralization can eventually lead to osteoporosis. Um, So that's incredibly important for everyone to learn, especially women. Um, And so some super alkalizing foods to eat are, like I said, green vegetables and then avocados, whey protein is super alkalizing, Um, almonds, potatoes, that one really shocked me, Um, and also bananas.
0: And what about if someone just wants to have this on their fridge? There are like charts and things
2: like that, right? Definitely, definitely, that you can put online. And I think that's a great idea to put it on your refrigerator so you can read it and remember. Yeah,
0: that's what I have. So that's why I mentioned it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, super. And then you can you can buy the pH test strips. Uh, they're widely available online. And if you really want to know and uh, check your progress as you're changing toward a more alkaline diet, you can test um, yourself and then just see how you're doing.
0: Um, I would like to bring up something about the pH test strips because I think they are vitally important. But they will also measure something else really interesting, and I didn't realize this at first. So when I was starting to become very aware of nutrition and going super hardcore into juicing and eating so many vegetables and going vegan and eating raw salads and smoothies and juices and everything – was at a time when I was also going through one of the hardest things of my life, which was losing my father. So I was reading all of these books and watching documentaries, and they all mentioned the alkaline acid balance. So I got the pH strips, and I would measure myself every day. And every day, when I was eating the greens all day and doing everything right, I was still coming up acidic. And later, I didn't know why, I just thought, oh, these strips don't work, I'm alkaline, right? Later. I found out from a nutritionist that my body was acidic because of the toxic emotions that I was storing because of what I was going through. Because when I was doing all, I was trying so hard to work on my physical being, I wasn't working on my mental and emotional and spiritual being. And so as much hardcore as you go into the blood type diet or the vegetables or anything else that you're doing to alkalize your body and to get healthy. You've got to work on the emotions too. I know I say this a lot, but I think it's so important because if someone listens to this and they do try the pH strips and they're like, I ate fucking salads all day and why am I not bright blue alkaline? Well, it might be because you're really stressed out or you're really sad or you're really angry. I don't know. But that's something to take into account because the pH strips is going to show that. It's going to measure
1: that. Well, we say on this show all the time, body, mind, and spirit. So that's three separate things, right? And the mind and spirit really, you know, encompass emotionality and your spiritual life and how you're – and your feelings. Yeah. And it's not just what you eat. It's what you're thinking. It's how you're living. It's what you're breathing. It's who you're around. If, you know, I – I I'm self-admittedly saying that I can go negative in my mind sometimes just on myself. Yeah. And that is not healthy. That will create an acidic environment. Right. You know? So if you do have
0: cancer or you do have a disease or you just have an imbalance, you're just not feeling well, you can do everything with the food. But you got to tackle those emotions. You've got to feel it. you got to relive the childhood trauma. Sorry, guys. Got to do it to get through it. Can't suppress it.
2: That's right. You gotta go through right. You gotta go through it to get to the other side. That's definitely true.
0: Yeah. So I just wanted to bring that up because I love the pH strips. But don't get frustrated. It's just gonna show you that you got more work to do, and that's
1: okay. Well, I think it's important to know that like everything that human beings find fun—sugar, caffeine, alcohol, uh, you know, dairy, red meat, all that kind of stuff—that all makes you acidic. Yeah. So. You have to do a ton of work on the other side, whether it be alkaline water, fresh fruits and green vegetables to counteract all that and negative and positive thinking.
0: Yeah. And if you're going to eat the sugar or the meat or whatever, then forgive yourself and move on to the next, you know, make sure it's only 20% or 10% of your diet and make the rest really, really healthy and you'll be just fine. Right. Right. Agreed. Shelby, I know that you're really passionate about GMOs. Why is it important to avoid GMOs? Are they harmful?
2: What can they do to our bodies? Yes, GMOs. Oh, gosh. I get so passionate about this um, subject. I'm like a broken record. (laughs) Um, I have a a no GMO sticker on the back of my car just because I feel like everyone in traffic needs to know. That's uh, awesome. GMOs. Um, GMOs are... I, I don't believe that we know that they are safe. Um, the reason that I say that is because the, the research that I've done on GMOs um, showed that the farmers who use the GMO um, seeds are not able to do research on the seeds. So Monsanto... At al um they don't want independent research to be done right. they are saying you know we want to do our own research and then we'll just tell you about the results that we want you to know about and i, I just think that they are so powerful um and, and maniacal it's just uh they can't be trusted um and so gmos um you know are leading First of all, when GMOs initially uh, came out, we were told that they would um, reduce the amount of chemicals that would be sprayed on plants, which who doesn't want that, right? That sounds great, Um, but what turns out is that in some cases, though, with GMOs – farmers are finding that they actually have to use more um, chemicals than they did before they used the GMOs. So they don't do what they said they were supposed to do. And um, that's why I'm just really skeptical of them. And so if I um, have the opportunity, I tell people to avoid um, not organic corn, um, wheat, and soy in the United States because they're um, commonly genetically modified.
1: And let's talk about this specifically. So GMO stands for a genetically modified organism. So in this circumstance, it's a broad range, because if you say, if you look back 2000 years where people started to hybridize different types of crops so that they would be more resistant, if that one resisted bugs and that one yielded more harvest and they would cross them and, and get a better plant. And, and that was so that there could be more food for everybody. So we understand that. But what, what Shelby is talking about, what corporations have done is sometimes even splice into the DNA, not just take one plant and breed it with another, but really get in there and change the genetics. Um, I have even heard of stuff about tomatoes being crossed with pig skin, which is disgusting to me, but so that tomatoes could be you know more tough and so they would resist disease and this is not what our our bodies cannot re- i cannot think that our bodies would respond to something like that it, it's it's not natural it's not what was put on this earth for us to eat um and in my opinion it's just cannot be beneficial health wise. Um, when you do that kind of messing around and playing God, it's just, I can't possibly think how it's going to turn out well for anybody's health. I couldn't agree more here because uh, the the question that I have for Monsanto is, if there's nothing for you guys to
2: hide, why are you trying to hide? If these seeds are 100% safe and they're going to save all of us, you know, from famine, why are you guys scared
1: to let then be tested by independent scientists if there's nothing to hide exactly, and Europe and Japan have um, said no to these kinds of grains from Monsanto and other companies like them and and i they have a higher standard in my in my opinion of of health and their crops and things like that than the United States does, and they say no, they say we don't want them right, and so i I, I think that the
2: reason that Monsanto goes with that argument that they will you know, help feed the um, hungry people of this world is because I think that that is how they think they're going to convince the public at large um, to accept GMOs. But, you know, I, I think what we're finding is that the world apparently does produce enough food without GMOs, but we need to focus on the distribution and dissemination of that food. I'm a big movie
0: buff, and so two films come to mind that really speak to these topics. One is called G.M.O. O.M.G. G.M.O. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a great documentary if you really want to learn more and learn about Monsanto, because Monsanto is terrifying. And the other is Cowspiracy, which addresses like the environmental impact and the fact that we can absolutely feed the world when we get rid of the factory farms and we get rid of the GMOs. And so both of those, if you really want to delve more into this topic, Food Heals Nation, check out those films, GMO, OMG. We did a review of Cowspiracy on this podcast. You can go back and listen to that episode and maybe we'll do a a review of GMO, OMG, and maybe you can come back for that, Shelby. Um... But I think that this topic is cannot even be discussed in the short time we're talking here because it is so. It's a Leviathan.
1: It's huge. It's it, I mean, it's like pervasive. What are we looking for? Uh, yeah. Pervasive, politically motivated, Oh, not, extremely, not motivated. And
0: it's motivated under the guise of health originally, but it's truly motivated under, I want to say, you know, money and let's just say money. We'll, we'll leave completely, it at that.
1: Completely embedded with money. I mean, it's, it's you know, politics and money. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I just found, um,
2: an essay that I wrote on the money factor in this argument. And so in 2014 alone, Monsanto with its team of lobbyists gave $4,120,000 to our elected officials in Washington, $4.1 million. That seems low. I would
1: have thought it would have been more.
0: But that's so scary because if people know what lobbyists do, they're the people that are sneaking in the, you know, you have a bill that sounds really great and everyone should sign. And then the night before, they're sneaking in this like amendment to the bill that no one reads. And then shit gets passed because of money, money and other people's interests. And it's really scary. So if you would like to send us that essay, if it's online, or we can link, we can link to it, or we can post it, um, we'd love to read it and have our readers, uh, our listeners be able to read
2: it as well. Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Cool. All right. Well, we'll be right back with some of Shelby's favorite healthy tips, including her
1: favorite Stevia simple syrup. (laughs) Food Heals Nation, are you looking to eat a more organic, plant-based diet, but are afraid of the cost and clueless about recipes that actually taste good? Do you want to learn the secrets to eating food that tastes amazing, helps the planet, heals your body, and doesn't break the bank? Then check out the Eco Vegan Gal's new ebook, Healthy, Organic, Vegan on a Budget. In the book, Whitney divulges the secrets and strategies to saving money while still buying organic, nutritionally dense food as well as shares recipes on how to cook delicious plant-based meals for yourself and your family. Use the discount code FOODHEALS and get a free copy of the ebook when you buy a Food Is My Healthcare t-shirt. Check it out at veganebook.com forward slash foodheals. We love her book, and we know you will too. You are listening to the Food Heals Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes.
0: All right, Food Heals Nation, we're back with Shelby Webb, the certified holistic nutritionist consultant from Tennessee. Shelby lost 30 pounds and nearly one-fifth of her body weight by incorporating the principles of the blood type diet, type A, like me, and now she helps others do the same. So Shelby, I know you have your favorite recipe for us. We're really excited to hear about that.
2: Thanks. Um, It's a simple syrup that's made with stevia, which is a a no-calorie sweetener um, that's all natural. Um, It is safe for diabetics. Um, This syrup can be used in any way that you would use a regular simple syrup that's made um, from sugar. And so if you want to use it to um, sweeten your beverage or um, any other liquid like Um, coffee tea is that what you're talking about exactly so it'd be perfect in those Um, and you can do this to taste um, once you get the recipe together the ingredients are pretty simple Um, two cups of water and one fourth a cup of stevia and so basically you put those in a saucepan bring it to a boil um, and then let it simmer until it's the stevia has been completely dissolved. Um, then remove it from heat and let it cool. Um, and then you can place it in a jar um, and store it in your refrigerator. So it's it's a simple, simple syrup. Um, and it's um, a great idea for people who are looking for a sugar alternative.
0: Uh, it sounds like the easiest recipe ever. And as a dessert sugar lover, I love it. So thank you. <laughs> great. <laughs> I really
2: appreciate that. What else? You got any more? um i do all my recipes are listed on um my website cool um i can send you guys a link to that what's your website um it's web dot
0: com. perfect okay so we'll link to that in the show notes and what advice would you give someone who was suffering from polycystic ovarian syndrome
2: or any type of hormone imbalance definitely um I would encourage them to take a holistic view um, because one of the most important things that I did in dealing with polycystic ovarian syndrome was to take a look at the products that I was using every day. So environmental toxins are absolutely critical. And that means throwing away the plastic in your kitchen. Absolutely. That's number one. Um, And then starting slowly um, to replace personal care products. Um, Also, you know, household cleaning products I've completely revamped because I think that there is a link between um, environmental toxins and polycystic ovarian syndrome because we don't, know the cause for it officially Um, and I'd also encourage people with polycystic ovarian syndrome to do your research um, on the internet as far as um, diets that are low glycemic that's very important for um, people who have hormone imbalance Um, and there's just a really beautiful community of people who suffer from this hormone disorder and it can get dark it really can um, because it you know, people with polycystic ovarian syndrome have fertility problems and there are all these yucky, um, you know, symptoms, but there are people on the internet who are going through what you're going through. And so reach out to those people, learn from them. Um, and you will definitely find good resources of information. So do you still suffer
0: for the, from this at all? Are you completely cleared? What is your life like today?
2: Well, essentially my symptoms, um, are much improved. Um, I, I don't know if I'm, if I still have fertility issues. Um, I have a regular period now, whereas, um, before I once didn't have a period for six months. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So my, my periods are definitely regular. And I think that is just a result of, you know, changing my diet, changing my lifestyle, um, doing a complete 180 in that regard. Um, I still, my, my, one of my symptoms
1: is acne, and it is way, way, way improved since I've changed my diet. So that's good. Um, yeah, that's a huge. That I want to. I want to. I want to touch on that because that's a huge thing. Um, where when I was growing up, I was really lucky that I had pretty clear skin for as you know, as a teenager. Um, I had my pimples here and there. But my mom would always point out, and my aunt, who were very into nutrition, when we had friends that had bad acne, like breakouts all over the, the face, they would be like, oh, they need B vitamins. They need vitamin C. They're not they're not getting their proper nutrition. And sure enough, all of those friends were on a diet of hot dogs, pizza, refined carbs, no fresh fruits and vegetables. Um, and every once in a while, one of them would might listen to my, my mom and my aunt, but usually not. And I think that that is something that we we haven't talked about that. We haven't talked about pimples and acne and in yeah. relation to diet, but like your skin is your biggest organ yeah. and it pushes out the toxins that you, you're not getting rid of in another way. And sometimes it's on your face or your back. Mm-hmm. Um, as we get older, but, um, there's a huge link to that, to nutrition and acne and, and pimples and beauty. Right, and I
2: wish I had had someone be the voice of reason like that, Susie, because. I- I went through um, every acne treatment you have ever heard of, including Mm. Accutane, more than once. I tried everything and no one ever suggested that I look at the food that was on my plate. That's crazy to me. It's crazy. The dermatologist that I went to, I'll never forget this moment, Um, I went in, you know, I, and I just kind of had a meltdown. I was uh, had acne. I was su- I was a little bit overweight, and I could like see it in my face. And that's what I was most worried about. That's what I was most self conscious about. And so his solution to this problem, instead of a- asking me to change anything about my diet or my lifestyle, his solution was that maybe I could have some plastic surgery and remove that fat from my face. Oh um j
1: OMG. i o j
2: I'll never forget it. I was like I was like nineteen years old oh. and it was like, yeah, super frustrating, but you know i i'm I'm glad to be um where I am right now in my career because people um with polycystic ovarian syndrome just need to know that there is uh, there's definitely things that you can do that can help mitigate your symptoms.
0: I mean, Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. I cannot believe the doctor would say that to you. That just shows like ignorance. Yeah, like what they're taught, and unfortunately, having no hours and no knowledge of nutrition. And just like Susie said, the toxins are going to come out somehow. And of course, our bodies are made to deal with these toxins and to detox them, but we're overloading them at a faster rate than ever. So our bodies aren't built for that because we have so many new toxins that weren't in existence, you know, hundreds of years ago that we've, that are man-made. We can't control them all. We don't know what the cell phone towers are doing to us. We don't know what the internet is doing to us. We don't know what the chemicals being sprayed are doing to us. I mean, some people claim to, and I think they're right. And it's very, very scary. So we have to do as much detoxing as possible to avoid. Go ahead. Here's a
1: thought I'm having: is that we're a weird species because <laughs> there's a lot of animals out there that koalas eat eucalyptus leaves, uh, carnivores, tigers, lions they eat meat. Cows eat grass. We're a weird species where we've adapted and 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 just taken over the world, and we do we eat everything. We, want. <laughs> we do we eat everything, and now we're in this place where like ah, oh, we know better. We, we, we can we, – there's 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 the internet. We know better. There's a lot of information out there as to what we should, should not be. And as we always say, every body is different. As Shelby's been saying, every blood type is different. Every body is different. You got to find out what works for you. But there's certain rules within it that yeah. we all know. Fruits and veggies. Number one. Number one. Way to go. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so there's, there's a, a certain – Part of changing
2: your diet and your lifestyle that um, requires you to really be kind to yourself. Um, And that's something I want to talk about just a little bit, um, especially if anyone is just in the very beginning of their health journey, because being patient and kind to yourself at that juncture is so important because it does take time to make lifestyle changes. But the important thing is that you are interested and that you are going to make. changes in your life. Um, I think changing your diet is so personal because food is so personal. People, um, people are really attached to the foods that they like. I think we're all like that to a certain degree. Um, and, and that's why I like the description of your show on your website. Um, because it reminds us that we are in control of our lives. Um, I think that's so important. I think making changes in your life requires that you um, are pretty introspective and you have to be really honest with yourself. But from there um, comes the empowerment um, because you're in control of your outcome. I couldn't agree more.
0: And I know people get upset when I say this, but like disease and obstacles and all those things, they're just opportunity. They're opportunity to go, what's not working for me? What can I change? And that's an opportunity to make yourself better, happier, feel better, you know? And, We want to empower you because I've been in my darkest days and I wanted to be empowered and I had to find that answer and whatever it is, whatever it was for me isn't necessarily the same for you or you or you, but when you find it for yourself, that's your freedom you know, and as, isn't that what this is all about?
2: <laughs> exactly. It's about growing as a person because you, when you make those changes just in what you eat, that bleeds over into other parts of your life and you become more aware about everything. Absolutely.
0: Oh my gosh, Shelby, you have been such an amazing guest. Thank you so much for being here. Where can everyone find you online? How can we stalk you on Twitter and Facebook?
2: Stalk me, guys. I um I'm on Facebook. Um, it's facebook.com/slash/web wellness consulting. I just got an Instagram like two days ago, so I need new friends. Um, and my Instagram handle is that what you call it? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. Is at webwellconsult w e b b well consult and it's the same for Twitter. Um, and then my website is webwellnessconsulting.com. Awesome. Okay, Food Heals Nation. Check her
0: out. Go follow her, especially on Instagram. Let's get her 100 followers by the end of the week. How about that? That's not hard to do. Hey <laughs> you. So thanks for being here, Shelby. We really appreciate it. And we hope to have you back
1: soon. Maybe we'll do a movie review. We're going to have her back and we're going to talk about when I know my blood type. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Where to go. Yeah. Yes, Perfect. thank you
2: guys so much.
0: Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Shelby. That's our show. Thanks so much for listening to that amazing interview with Shelby. For all of the show notes from today's episode, go to foodhealsnation.com slash 35. Today's tweetable comes from Shelby. You have to be really honest with yourself. From there comes empowerment you are in control of your outcome. I love that. If you like it too, tweet it to Shelby at WebWellConsult, W-E-B-B WellConsult. Tweet it to us at Food Heals Nation and don't forget to use the hashtag Food Heals Podcast so we can see your posts and we can retweet you. See you next time, Food Heals Nation.